Today's scripture reading will be from John 15, 1 through 4. And if you're following along in the Pew Bibles, that will be page 956. Again, that's John 15, 1 through 4. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Good morning. So glad that you have chosen to be with us today, so we have this opportunity to worship together. We uh, know that we have many who are hurting today, so we want to, again, keep those in prayers. Also, there's always plenty to rejoice about. God is good, and God has blessed us greatly. Continue praying, praying for our elders and our congregation as we uh, are continuing that process of uh, putting in more shepherds. Uh, pray with uh, our pray for our shepherds and then for the men who, who whose names have been put up. That um, pray for wisdom in that, and I believe it will be a blessing. And God has some amazing things in store for our congregation. If you will, let's begin in prayer. Our heavenly Father, we come before you, and you are absolutely amazing. You can move the mountains, and you are mighty to save. And you are worthy of our love and our allegiance and our worship. God, help us today to not just be people who want eternity from you, but want you, all of you, not only just to be our Savior, but to be our Lord. And help us to focus on you and to follow. Christ, let me pray. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Have you decided to follow Jesus? It's one of the most important questions I could ever ask you and you could ever answer for yourself. Have you decided to follow Jesus? If you have, why? What was it that drew you to Jesus? What was it that, that set him apart? Can I tell you there's something? He took an instrument of death and made it beautiful. We sing about the old rugged cross, but it's in that cross where, where we realize our sins were taken away and in a, a, a grave that was empty where we've been given the power to, raise, to rise again. What drew you to make that decision to follow Christ? Maybe it was that you believe that he is the son of God. That's where it all should be. We, we have to make that declaration. Before anybody goes into the water, we ask them, do they believe Jesus Christ is the son of God? Because without that belief, all we have done is just gotten somebody wet. It has nothing to do uh, with, with being baptized for of your sins. If you do not have that faith, maybe it was that you realize the great love that he has for each one of us. The love that allowed himself Trey talked about this morning to be spit on and beaten, slapped. 
to go through this life and to endure. Maybe it's that great love that he has for us. Maybe it's the blessings. You look and realize all these spiritual blessings that are in Christ. What was it that drew you to following Christ? Maybe it was the thought of having a, a, a father, a perfect heavenly father who, who would be one that would always be with you and provide for you and you could always count on. Maybe it would be the forgiveness that you would have all your sins taken away. Maybe it would be a family realizing regardless of our earthly family, we would have a spiritual family that we would be added to when, added to when we chose to be baptized or, or maybe it's a future, maybe it's the thought of heaven. What was it? that drew you to Christ. He's beautiful. Everything about Christ is beautiful, from his sacrifice to his love to his holiness to his mercy. We, we look and, and we see that. And the thing is, when we think I've decided to follow Jesus, I, I have another question. Did you decide just to be baptized or to be a disciple. Let that sit in for just a second. Did you decide just to be baptized or, or, or to be a disciple? You may be like, Craig, Craig, what's the difference? All the difference in eternity is the difference. All disciples of Jesus Christ have been baptized, but not all who've been baptized are disciples. Let me say that again. All disciples of Jesus Christ have been baptized, but not all who've been baptized are his disciples. What I'm saying may be confusing. You may be saying, Craig, what in the world are you talking about? Well, for some people, baptism is nothing more than eternal fire insurance. They just don't want to go to hell. You know, I'm pretty good at options. You give me two options, you know, eternal rest, eternal punishment. Land of milk and honey, place of pain. Well, that's, that's not a, a, a difficult decision to make. So I know there are those who just want to go to heaven. Therefore, when, when they think about becoming a Christian, they just will say, I just want to be baptized because I want to know that I will not have to spend eternity in hell. For many of them, it is the fear of hell more than the joy and longing of heaven that takes them to, to choose, make this decision. I remember going to a gospel meeting years and years ago. I was a little boy, and uh, my uncle was preaching. It's actually when I started thinking about being baptized. I was baptized the next Sunday. And he preached a sermon called A Journey Through the Halls of Hell. I thought my pew was on fire, okay? And it was so powerful. That message was so convicting. It went Mississippi squirrel in there, okay? The revival. Everybody in that little church in Saltillo, Tennessee, was going forward. By the time it was over, it was just me and this woman who couldn't hear. They were left in the pews. That was about the extent of it. Everybody else had gone, you, you think I'm kidding. There were people, the preacher put on the waiters, and I don't know if he got out of the waiters for about 40 minutes. People just wanted to be baptized one after the other. I remember specifically a, a family that we had invited. It was a mom and, and two teenage boys. 
And during that invitation song, she drugged them up front. I mean, they all walked. She was walking at a faster pace than them. They were all going. But she was bawling and got them up there. And every one of them that night were baptized for their mission of their sins. Can I tell you something? We never saw them again. I saw them at school. I saw them at baseball practice. They just didn't want to go to hell. And neither do I, for that matter. But is that all following Christ is about? See, the difference is, is how do you see baptism? Is it a starting line or a finish line? For so many, it is a finish line. You know what? I'm going to work with somebody, and once I get them in the water, I'm out. I'll move on to the next one. Why? Because they're saved, and, and I will keep going to the next one. There are those that realize, you know what? It is a beginning of my faith. I, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And because of that belief, we, we, we many times go through the, the, the five-step plan of salvation, if you will. We need to realize faith is not one step. Faith is all of it. Every bit of it is faith. Because Jesus is the Son of God, I repent. I want to turn my life on Him. Because Jesus is the Son of God, I'll confess His name. Because Jesus is the Son of God, I will be baptized for remission of my sins. Because Jesus is the Son of God, I will be raised to do what? Walk in a new life. All of those are because of faith. What does it mean? What does it mean? The, the thought is discipleship. And as we go for the next three months, we're going to look at different aspects in our fall focus of discipleship. This month, we're going to look, look, look at what it looks like to be connected and committed to Jesus. See, being a disciple means being a learner. In its most simple definition, a, a disciple was a learner. It was someone who wanted to learn from someone else. When young men wanted to be a rabbi, they would follow a rabbi and learn everything about them. That's why it wasn't necessarily uncommon when Jesus chose these 12 to go with him. Jesus did not begin his public ministry to age 30. That's the age you could be a rabbi. Before then, I'm not sure anybody would have followed him with any credibility. They follow him and they are learning from him every day. A, 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 a disciple is a learner. A disciple is also a follower. It's a learner of Christ. It is a follower of Christ. Now, we can be disciples of anything. We can be disciples of certain guitar players. We can be disciples of certain cooks. We can be and want to learn what they did and, and follow in their footsteps. People, that's how people learn to do a lot of stuff. But a disciple of Christ is someone who is a learner, is someone who is a follower, is someone who is connected to Christ. They're connected to Christ. And they're not just a fan, they're committed to Christ. They are committed to Him. They, 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 it's not a one-time thing that I'm, I, I just sort of say, you're, you're one of many uh, interests in my life. It's not that you are the interest, you are the focus, you are the one who sets my direction. See, Jesus has called us to be 
his disciples. Not just be baptized. Should everyone be baptized from listening to their sins? Yes, without a doubt. You must be. It is not an option. It is not something that's kind of necessary but not essential. It is both. We must be. But Jesus demands more than just going in the water for mission of your sins. He demands discipleship. What do we do when we come out of that water? Uh, we sit there again. All, all disciples of Jesus Christ have been baptized, but, but not everyone who's been baptized uh, are disciples. We look, and, and let's see what Jesus says a disciple is. Jesus says a disciple, when we look at his words, realize that some of the older Bibles, I don't know if you grew up with the words of Christ in red, that was good and bad. The good was it was neat for me to see what Jesus was saying. The bad is some people just like the red letters. And they feel like that negates anything else in Scripture. It does not. It's all important. But I do find it interesting what Jesus said about being a disciple. We, we look here in John 8, verses 30 and 32. He said, and he was saying these things. Many believed in him. So the Jew, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He says, My disciples abide in my word. That means they live in my word. Every day is about following what Jesus said. Every day is about being his disciple, being his follower, being his learner, be, being one who is walking step by step behind him. That is what it is. It's interesting. In John chapter 8, he goes from discussing this, that his, you abide in my word, that my words are truth. Then he talks about the devil, who's the father of what? All lies. It's a contrast. It's a funny conversation because Jesus is talking to Jews and they're going, wow, I, I'm starting to believe who he is. I'm starting to believe that he is the Messiah. I'm starting to believe, I'm saying, wow, they've believed him and what he has said. Then he talks about that you are slaves. He said, no, we're, we're sons of Abraham. We've never been slaves. They did not know their own history. 400 years in Egypt, we've never been slaves. The Babylonians come in, Persians come in, Philistines come in, all the different ites and kites, you know, Amalekites, Amor, all these different people come in. We've never been slaves. He said, if you want to be free, you want to be my disciple, you will abide in my word. This month we're going to challenge you to abide in his word. I like how the New Living Translation says, John 15, verse 8. It says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Disciples not only abide in His Word, disciples do what? They bear fruit. They produce fruit. Our life is about continuing to follow and continuing to what? To make more disciples. There, there's a lot more to be said about that and will be said later. But a disciple, he says, will abide in my word and will bear fruit. Also, he says a disciple will do this, John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
so that you must also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He said, here is evidence that you love me. You abide in me, you bear fruit, you love one another. New is an interesting word because this isn't the first time this has been said. But sometimes new means new like on a timeline. Sometimes new means new and improve, like quality difference. He said, before I've told you to love people as you love yourself. But I want to step that up a little bit. I want you to love people as I've loved you. And because of that, guess what? That will be fruit. People will look and see what? People will look and see that you're my followers that you're my learner, that you are connected to me, that you are committed to me by what? The way you love one another. Matthew 16, 24, he, he's not finished. When Jesus said, you are my disciples, he, he, he says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Discipleship means abiding, obeying His Word. Jesus' words. He said, you'll obey what I, what I say. Secondly, you'll be someone who, who bears fruit. Your life will be about bearing fruit. Third, that, that people will see by the way you love one another. And if you're willing to take up that cross and follow me, people will see. Not only that... He says it's a disciple's job to do what? Make disciples. It's a disciple's job to make disciples. It's not just enough to be a follower, be a fruit bearer, be someone who loves other people, and be someone who's willing to take up that cross of sacrifice. Uh, when we look at the Great Commission, don't miss it. Go, therefore. Who's he speaking to? His disciples. He's speaking to disciples. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. A disciple is in the disciple-making business. Our life is about making more disciples of Christ. You see how they're linked? Baptism and discipleship. They go together. It's not a one-time decision Then you come out of the water and, and it's finished. It is something that, that you come out and you are a follower. I believe you follow him into the water and you follow him out of the water. When we look here, there's something about it. He says, teach what? Teach those who have already been baptized. Teach them what? To be disciples. This week, I, I just want us to look for just a moment at a snapshot of discipleship. A snapshot of discipleship, and I, I want us to look at the Apostle Paul. We first read about Paul, and he's doing what? He is there at the persecuting of Christians. At the stoning of Stephen, he, he is there, and basically he either holds their jackets or they throw them at his feet, and he what? says that he is in hearty agreement. In other words, he is amening and high-fiving the guys who are throwing the rocks at Stephen. That's sort of where we meet him. And then as he's on his way to Damascus to do what? Continue that, to continue to, to, to uh, persecute Christians, 
he comes in contact with Jesus. He falls to his ground. He loses his sight. Jesus reveals that it is that is he that is speaking to him and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul would have never guessed that he was persecuting God. He thought he was defending God. <laughs> so he went to the street called Straight. He, he was there for three days in fasting and prayer. And what happens? Someone comes to him in Acts 22, 16, as Paul was retelling his conversion story. He says, and now why tarest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He, he said, that's what he tells him. What you need to do right now, don't wait another second. Be baptized for mission of your sins. He hasn't eaten for three days. It even talks about, if you read the account in Acts 9, that he was baptized, then he fed himself. It was that important that he was baptized. But then he immediately came out and went to preach and teach. See, this is the beginning of his spiritual life, and at the end of his life, we see 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. We say, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. What did he see baptism as, a finish line or a starting line? It's a start. He said, I have finished this race of faith. I started that life of faith, and I have lived this. He sheds light on this in, in Romans chapter 6, and, and I want to get there in just a second. Realize this is a man who throughout his life has been shipwrecked multiple times while trying to do what? He wasn't on a Disney cruise just going out with the family. He was shipwrecked because he'd get in a boat to go do what? Take the gospel to somebody. And as he is going, he would do that. As he would preach God's word, what he had done before and stoned people who believed and people who were disciples, people began to throw rocks and try to kill him. He has been beaten. He has been imprisoned. Why? Because he was baptized one day? Because he was a disciple. Because he kept following. He's even snake bit. You know, going to build a fire after a shipwreck, snake comes out and bites him. You think about all these things, and it wasn't because one day he chose to be baptized for mischief of sins, it's because he chose to be a disciple. See, Romans chapter 6, he, he lays out what baptism really looks like. Romans 6 verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Now, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? He's been teaching on grace and been teaching on the, the loving nature of Christ in, in Romans chapter 5. And other people are like, wow, if God's that good, then the more we sin, the more grace he's going to give. So let's go out and sin a bunch more. I can just see him, if he wore glasses, I don't think there were any at that time, just taking them off and going this. Can you see that going, no. He said, do you realize when you were baptized for missing your sins, you died to those sins? You were baptized into his death. You were entombed in the water. He says, we were buried, therefore, by baptism into death. 
in order that we may, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. He said, when we are baptized for remission of our sins, we are reenacting the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We go in the water dead in our sins. What do we do with dead people? We bury them. But what's incredible about a, a body of water or a baptistry, it's not just a place we bury, it's a place of birth. It's that exciting place of birth. People talk about the, how solemn it should be. It is an exciting time to see a birth. I know, I've seen one. It was exciting. It was exciting. Why? And we sit there and think about that. When we see that, we see someone has, that has gone from death to life. And what Paul says, this is what he did, to walk in a new life. A disciple is one who walks after Christ. When we come out, we follow Christ into the water, into his tomb. We follow him out to live a life of what? Discipleship, following him. Paul said, this is how big a deal it is to me. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, when I became a Christian, I gave my life away and I took on the life of Christ. And from then on, I lived in Christ. I've abided in his word. I've abided in him. I have taken up my cross, and, and, and I have, have followed him. I, I'm someone who has loved one another. I have spent a life in love. I've also spent my life bearing fruit. I've spent my life making disciples. He was a follower. All disciples of Jesus Christ have been baptized, but not all who have been baptized are disciples. A true disciple is one who continually follows Christ. Who continually follows after the Messiah, who, who wants to, to walk with him, who wants to learn with him, from him, who wants to be in that life with him. One who has said, you know what, I am going to live in him. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to love others. I'm going to be someone who spends my life doing what? Taking up my cross and making disciples. It is someone who is connected and committed to Christ. Connected and committed. Christ wants to be connected and committed to us. That's why he came to earth. He came here so that we can do what? So that we may be connected to him. We may be committed to him. So we must decide not only to just follow Christ into the baptistry, but to follow him out to live a life as a disciple. This morning, I just want you to think about that. I want you to think about what it's like to follow Christ. I want you to ask yourself, did, did, did your obligation to Christ, and as far as you were thought, did it stop at just going into the water? 
Or is it continued out where each day that you're following Him, that you're learning from Him? That you're someone who abides in His Word, that you're someone who abides in Him, that you are someone who bears your cross, that you are someone who bears fruit, that you are someone who when others look at you, that they see a life of love in the way you love one another, and your life is spent doing what? Making disciples. All life and true life is in Christ, and that's why we want to follow Him, because He is God. Today, have you made that decision to follow the beautiful one, the one who is God, the one who is Lord, the one who does give life, the one who does make these promises of eternity, but also has given you this opportunity now in life to make a difference for him. Today, if you have yet to begin that journey, make that decision today to be baptized for mission of your sins, that decision of faith. Or if you have made that decision and you realize, you know what, I'm not a real good follower, <laughs> but I want to draw a line in the sand today and I want to start following and I want to live that new life, then today we would like to help you. Today, if we can help you in your walk with Christ, would you come now while we stand and while we